afternoon. Welcome to Why Shamanism Now, a practical path to authenticity with your host, Christina Pratt, director of the Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. She's talking about how shamanic skills can bring us to physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being, especially when nothing else can. Now, here's your host, Christina Pratt. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Why Shamanism Now, a practical path to authenticity. This afternoon, I'd like to call in the ancestors. I call out to all that is good and true and beautiful in our ancestral lines to bring to us the legacy, all that has been gained, all that is brings wisdom and strength and cleverness and experience from our ancestral lines to bear in our lives today. May we draw on this legacy as the gift that allows us to more fully live our own soul's purpose. And may we live our lives with the understanding that it is a dream that was dreamt by these ancestors. It is on their shoulders that we stand. And we invite them to be with us here today to hold us well in this conversation. We call out to the energy of the earth below. May we be grounded and connected. May we breathe in a feeling of place, of home, not only with our bodies, but with wherever it is that we are on in the face of this exquisitely beautiful planet. As we become more and more connected electronically and virtually, may we not disconnect from the reality of our lives here on Earth and the need to make sure that life on Earth remains vital and passionate and clean in terms of air and water and the growing of things that we need to eat that our lives are enriched by our connection, but let it not distract us from our connection to the earth, from growing things, from the beauty and the wonder of the magic of life here on this planet. We call out to the energy above, to the sky, to bring down on us the wisdom of the stars, the wisdom of all the heavenly bodies, and all the enlightened beings that bring to us all of the world's religions. We call out to the highest part of the universe by whatever name we call it, and we call it down to illuminate our conversation today, to hold us well in protection and to bring blessings on our proceedings. May we all feel bound and connected and one as we are here together, um, living between heaven and earth in this place of the alchemy of life as we know it. Let us hold that miracle of life well within ourselves as we listen and speak and ask questions here today. And I call out finally to the energy of the heart. This is the most special aspect of who we are as humans, this organ that regulates all things and is the same in all realms and all dimensions. So we call out to the very special energy of the heart the heart who knows how to draw up the passions of our deep body, bringing up the true true essence and fire for our soul's purpose and bring down the clarity of our mind that we may come to understand what it is that we are called to do and that we wrap those energies together and merge them in the heart so that we can make sure that what we are here to do is good for all living things. And once that certainty is known in the heart that we can express what we are here to do with love and compassion and joy. So for the heart, the earth, the sky, and the ancestors, I give thanks. And I give thanks to all of you today who are listening. We are live again today, so you are welcome to call in at 866 
or to email at christina at lastmasscenter.org. So welcome. Our, our topic this day is why weekend workshops don't get us to our soul's purpose. And there are many, many, many techniques out there that claim they'll bring us to our purpose and weekend workshops and even week-long workshops. But anyway, basically, there's lots of people out there that are trying to help us to connect to our soul's purpose. So what I want to talk about today is what do you need to look for so that you can engage your time and your energy and your resources in processes that will really help you to get there. Um, The main reasons that we um, don't quite achieve it is time, having a certain um, lack of valuing or even a disrespect for the dailiness of things. We'll talk about that but also a misunderstanding in our lives about the difference between the skills that help us in our process of living our soul's purpose and what's actually a process. In other words, going to a psychic to get information about your soul's purpose is a lovely singular event, but it's not going to help you in the ongoing day-to-day challenge of living your soul's purpose. And so we're going to talk about the difference between these singular skills or events and actually engaging in a process of living in a way that is informed by your passion for your soul's purpose and the ongoing creative challenge of living that purpose. And the fact that we live in a contemporary time and are distracted by a bazillion different things is not an excuse. I think every time has had its own challenges that have drawn people away from the reason that they were here. And every every time has its own challenges, and it's our task as living beings to rise to those challenges and to live our soul's purpose anyway. So this is what we're here to talk about today, is how could we do that more effectively and hopefully more joyously, since there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of point in living your soul's purpose if you're not having fun doing it. So um, last week I was away uh, teaching a workshop um, in my workshop series, and one of the participants um, in kind of summing up her experience of that sent this wonderful quote, which I think is a beautiful way to start with our topic today. It's from Anais Nin, and I'm sure many of you have heard it before. Nonetheless, it goes like this. And the day came when the risk it took to remain tight inside the bud was more painful than the risk it took to blossom. And the day came when the risk it took to remain tight inside the bud was more painful than the risk it took to blossom. And this is one of my favorite quotes. And the reason is because it it speaks of the risk that it takes, that, that in every day we are risking our life. And there is really no guarantee of safety or stability. They're sort of myths. And so if we're going to live our life and take the risk, we might as well be risking everything for the reason that we're here. So let's talk about that. What does it mean to to live a life in a way that's engaged in living your soul's purpose? And the most important thing, I think, for us to understand about this is that to live your soul's purpose requires that the person you learn to be as a child is transformed into a person who learns to follow the guidance of your soul. 
And so many of us learned to be children that either were good children or rebelled against being good children, that we either were abused or we were not abused. But whatever the story is, we all have these stories from childhood. Some of our needs were met, some of our needs weren't met. But one way or the other, these become our stories about reality because the interesting thing about childhood is when we are children, we really are at risk. We really are dependent. And that's a reality. And so everything that happens feels like life or death. And everything that happens seems like it centers around us and we're the cause for everything. And so we develop these stories out of childhood that give us the sense that if I do this or don't do that, someone's going to die. And these, many of these stories become the stories that generally today are considered our wounded child stories. And the issues about these stories is that they generate fear in our, in our assumption that because this happened before, it's going to happen again. When, when it looks like the same circumstances are being met, there's an assumption that the same story is going to play out. And then we begin to project that story on reality, or we simply don't do anything at all. But either way, we bring this old fear with us, and it is the fear of a child, which again, as a child, was a valid fear, but as an adult, is not really valid anymore. And yet, we often allow these unresolved stories from our childhood where our needs weren't meant to drive us forward. So why is this a problem? Well, because the wounded child is not really an archetype. It is the shadow of the child archetype. And we need our pure archetypal energies to guide us in life. It's how we understand how to... Archetypal energies are like the programs that help us understand in our mind how to run things in a good way, not just based on whatever we happen to have experienced in our life. But it's the thing that will allow someone who is a mother to be a better mother than the mother they were given or someone who never was taught how to be a warrior in their life to really stand up and and be a warrior in their life that these these archetypal patterns exist in our world and they they guide us in how to be who we need to be so we need the child so if you don't have your child archetype fat and happy within your being how can you possibly expect to have the adventure of a lifetime, which is what living your soul's purpose is, because kids want to have adventures. And you need your child archetype to help to take you on that adventure. So it, when we don't wake up to this fact that we need to heal our wounded child stories and awaken our child archetype, we end up moving through our adult life based on perceived needs that come from childhood. And so we're driving our decisions based on a perceived need for love, a perceived need for approval and acceptance, a perceived need for keeping the peace, a perceived need for maintaining stability, and a perceived need for harmony at all costs. These are all familiar issues from childhood, but they're really not necessary as an adult. So what we're going to talk about as we come back from this break is the distinction between these perceived needs from the child and how they trap us as adults from doing what we've come to do here as adults, which is to live our soul's true purpose. So as we go to break, please everyone remember the show is live today. You're welcome to call in or to email. And thank you for joining us today. Welcome back, everyone. 
This is Why Shamanism Now, and we are live today. You're welcome to email or call in. The number is 866-472-5795, and you may email me at christina at lastmasscenter.org. All right, so what was all this going on and on about the wounded child? This is the point and the reason that it's important. If you are here as a grown-up listening to this radio show, you survived. Whatever that story is, no matter how much it scares you to go back and tap in to whatever it is that's unresolved, it will not kill you. You are living proof that that's the case. So there is absolutely no reason in the world to not go back to that poor wounded child and give that child exactly what that child needed at that time. It's important that you stop looking for that from your partners, from your parents, or from your bosses, from any other adult in your life, because you are an adult. And all that child needs is the love and the approval and the acceptance, etc., from an adult, and you are the one to give it to them. So the wounded child story then becomes an explanation, but it's not an excuse. And so the value of this understanding is to recognize if you are unwilling to give your wounded child what it needs, to love yourself, and to learn to love yourself completely and to give the child what it needs and move on, it doesn't really matter how many weekend workshops you take. Because these old patterns, I've said before in many shows, the oldest belief system wins. These, these stories create your oldest belief system. So if you're unwilling to go back to this child, give this child what it needs so the child can move on and change those old beliefs, they're going to keep riding you. And so the willingness to, on a daily basis, give that wounded child what it needs to become the healthy child archetype in your life and forge ahead with you on the adventure of living your soul's purpose, if you're unwilling to do that, you might as well just give up right now. That is absolutely critical for being able to live your soul's purpose. You need that child energy to take you on the adventure, to go forward with trust and awe, to take risks, to function in the unknown, to function with uncertainty and vulnerability, just the way kids go through the day. You need that to be able to explore your soul's purpose. So gaining a skill to be able to attend to the unresolved, recognize the unresolved issues of the wounded child and to meet those needs so that you can go forward in a whole, W-H-O-L-E, whole way now, is critical if you want to live your soul's purpose. So the next issue that will subvert any wonderful workshops you may take with other people, or me, doesn't matter, the point is the other thing that will undermine that work is a less-than-loving relationship with your body and your emotional body. And the reason for this is you have been given by the gods, by whoever designed the system. I don't know who it is, but again, shamanism is just about learning how to work the system. You've been given in the system one thing that will guide you true towards your soul's purpose in any situation at any time, and that is your passion. If you have been told your body is evil or disgusting or you are ashamed of your body, if you have shut down your emotional body because of pain and heart, heartbreak in your life, you will be disconnected from your passion. If you cannot feel your passion or learn to hear your voice of your passion, you lose the ongoing, everyday, ever-present, 
accurate, discerning voice given to you to find your soul's true purpose. Your soul's purpose is the thing you have undying passion for. It comes up at any time, any place, no matter how exhausted you are, when you are focused on or asked about what you are truly passionate about and what is truly your soul's purpose. And everything else is, I don't know, maybe a good idea, maybe a great dream, maybe it's fun, maybe it's exciting, but that undying passion is what you're looking for because that is the sign of your soul's purpose. So the real question that we need to look at in our um, American lives is, do you know the voice of your passion? Can you separate that from the voice of your addictions? Can you separate that from the voice of your obsessions? Can you find, do you even listen to your emotional voice? Do you even listen to your body? These are, your passion is the most important guide within you to finding your soul's purpose. Because as as I've said before, it's not as simple as just finding out you're here to, you know, run a greenhouse and create the hybrid of the most beautiful rose ever to exist on the planet. It's not enough to know this one thing because living a life of your soul's purpose is an adventure. It's like, as I said, a boat sailing to be guided towards a star, and the star is your soul's purpose. And life happens. There's weather, there's currents, there's sea monsters, your boat tips over, your boat is not seaworthy. All of these things happen, and you have to be able to adjust and repair and reorient um, your direction. All of these things are necessary. It's not enough to have one psychic reading that tells you why you're here. You need to be able to engage in your life in a way that's constantly adjusting, moving you to- towards your soul's purpose. Not because your soul's purpose is changing, but because you are. And that there are many opportunities to express our soul's purpose. And what we're looking for <coughs> excuse me, is a vehicle that allows us uh, to maximize the amount of soul's purpose that comes out for the amount of energy that we put in. <coughs> Excuse me. So, for example, when I was dancing, an enormous amount of energy went into dancing. I didn't get to perform very much because I wasn't really all that good. And so there was very little opportunity to really feel my soul's purpose expressed through the performing for others, which was where the soul's purpose really happened. So it was a good vehicle in a sense, but not great in terms of the energy trade-off. Whereas working as a shamanic healer, the energy that goes in largely comes out as an expression of my soul's purpose on the other side. So it's a much better vehicle for my soul's purpose, which again reminds everybody that, for example, for me, quote-unquote, being a shaman is not my soul's purpose. That is the vehicle for me to express my soul's purpose. And it's important for everyone to keep that distinction um, as they pursue their soul's purpose, that it's not the role, it's not the vehicle It's the energy itself. And that energy doesn't change. You may refine your understanding of it, but your soul's purpose isn't changing as you go through life. You are. The purpose itself is unique to you. So what does it take to really transform into a person who can listen to the voice of their passion and follow their soul's purpose? Let's let's remind ourselves, we've talked about this before many times, but the difference between change and transformation Change is valuable. 
change allows us also to change back. allows us to try on new things and go back to what was before. Transformation is a quality of change or an intensity of change, or I don't know, maybe it's a totally different than change. But the point is, transformation is something that happens in such a way that we are not able to change back. It is fundamental. Once we have made that transformation, there is no going back. And so if so, what we're looking for then is experiences. If we're thinking about our resources, our time, energy, and money that we want to spend to move towards living our soul's purpose, we want to spend it on opportunities that will help us to truly transform, not just change. Because you all know when you go back to your everyday life, there's distractions, there's habit, there's people that don't want you to change because they love you exactly the way you are. And it's very easy to lose, like sand slipping through our fingers, that wonderful peak experience we just had at that weekend workshop. It all slips through our fingers. So what we're looking for in transformation, what we're looking for is transformation, to be able to move towards our soul's purpose. So as we spend our time, energy, and money um, learning new things or having transformational experiences, that they actually function as transformation and not change. So one of the main things you need to look for, and this is the reason people don't usually give it enough time, anybody, no matter how powerful the leader, how amazing the workshop Anybody can keep their psyche together for a weekend. You may learn new things. You may choose to try new things on. There may be changes. But for a week in a weekend, there won't be any fundamental transformation because your ego can hold it together no matter, how, no matter the onslaught. For 48 hours, the ego can hold it together. What you want, if you really want transformation, is you need to be willing to spend more than a weekend at it. Whatever it is that you choose to do, do it for more than a weekend. Because it's after that third day that you really begin to transform. When the ego that's trying to maintain status quo, bless its little heart, right? The ego that's trying to maintain status quo can't hold on any longer. And the new ideas, the new experiences you're having begin to get in and and create a true transformation. And so that's another thing to think about. Do you want to spend your money in four weekend workshops in a year and not really get the transformation you're looking for because nothing's more than 48 hours? Or you want to save your money and do one week-long workshop? Save that up for one week-long workshop that's actually going to take you past the third day and allow you to truly transform. It's something very seriously to consider, especially right now when most people's resources are fairly tight. Is Don't waste it. Commit. Commit the time and energy. With that said, it's probably a good place to take a break. And as we come back, we're going to talk about the integration and implementation after the workshops. So thank you all for joining me today. And the show is live. And I certainly appreciate your listening. Feel free to tell friends and get on our email list to forward the reminders to your friends and loved ones. Thank you all. Welcome back, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. I just want to remind everyone that we, as a favor to anyone who asks, we send out a weekly reminder on Mondays about the show, um, what the topic is with a simple link to get to the show. So if you want to be on that list, just let us know at christina at lastmesscenter.org and feel free to invite friends and loved ones to join that list. All right, 
So we're talking about living your soul's purpose and what is really necessary to learn the skills to engage in that. Well, one of the things to understand is that intuition alone isn't enough. From a shamanic perspective, our relationship with spirit and the divinatory nature of our relationship with spirit, in other words, as we've talked about in many other episodes, having a working relationship with spirit. So you, through your shamanic skills, have the ability to communicate with your helping spirits, however you conceive of them, and they help to guide you in problem solving and with your questions in your life. So in shamanism, the idea is that you have your working relationship with spirit and your intuition. And in the work that I teach, my experience in helping people to move towards their soul's purpose is that you need not only your relationship with spirit and your intuition, but you need to be able to access the wisdom of your emotional body, particularly to get to your passion, and the wisdom of your body itself, and also the simple common sense of your mind. And that all of these wisdoms run checks and balances on each other so that we can keep, as a whole person, moving ourselves towards our soul's purpose. Why is this important? Well, often people work with spirit and uh, through their intuition and get amazing visions for their purpose, uh, an expression of their purpose, but the rubber never meets the road. Nothing ever happens. There's an inability to ground that vision into the actions that are necessary to bring that vision to life. So it's just a simple example, but I see this all the time. Either people get mired in the practicality of it and don't feel inspired by the vision, or they get too inspired by the vision and can't ground it and make it practical. And so that's why my perspective is in working with people you know, for two decades to live their soul's purpose is that involves the ability and the willingness to heal, but it also involves developing these skills so that we have a whole complement of wisdoms to draw on to move us towards our soul's purpose. So another piece that is important for us to understand is that one of the problems with the whole workshop issue, even if you go to take workshops that are longer than three days, so you actually have true transformation occurring, is that we don't allow the integration and the implementation of the transformations once we get home. Most people come back on and just, you know, do the laundry and bam, they're right back at work the next day. And so they, what I consider the yin aspects of the process, the ability to rest and restore, to let things gestate, to integrate, and then ultimately be able to implement them is often disrespected and dishonored. And this is particularly problematic if you have a tendency to go to workshops that work up to a big finish, big flamboyant finish, big exciting grand finale, and then send everybody home. And if you're really interested in transformation, you want to look for the workshops that actually have the transformational piece at the beginning and allow you to be in the container of the workshop in the days after that to begin to understand how to integrate that transformation into your life and bring it home with you. And so part of it is being willing, if you're going to spend the time and energy and money to go to these workshops, <coughs> excuse me, to give yourself some time after to integrate and to think about it. And it may not be, you may have to go right back to work, but maybe it's to take the next weekend 
um, and to not plan any social activities and go back over your notes or your experiences of the of the workshop and to to sort of re-understand and re Anyway, my point is you need to spend time to integrate what it is that occurred. And so moving along, an important thing to remember all the time in this is that <coughs> excuse me, is that you must be willing as you listen to these voices and gain the guidance to move forward in your life to take risks and that for most of us, there are periods of time that we feel we must walk alone. In other words, the people around us don't understand, and they don't necessarily support us in what we're doing. I'm not saying that's always the case, but you can't let the fact that that's arising be the reason you don't do something. If that's what all of your wisdoms are confirming, you need to do it, even if nobody else in your life supports you. So keep that in mind as well. So back to the soul's purpose. So we need to remember that from a shamanic perspective, your soul's purpose is unique. In other words, your soul's purpose is not to teach, it's not to learn, it's not to um, heal. We're all here doing all those things. It's not even to become enlightened, because we're all here trying to do that too. These are aspects of the experience of being a human that are not unique to anyone, but are present and available to all of us. That from a shamanic perspective, every individual person has a unique gift to bring to the world, a unique opportunity in this lifetime to cultivate this gift and offer it in true expression to the world, to humanity, to their family, to whoever their community is, whomever their community is. And it's important for us to hold that standard and to understand it is simply not enough to say, well, I'm learning things when I'm teaching. That's not your purpose here. And it is really, really hard to live an entire life and meet your maker at the end of your life and have them say, oop, back in the pool, because you forgot why you were here. You didn't do what you came here to do. So one of the things that you want to do is ask yourself, Where have I compromised? Where have I settled? Where have I accepted good enough when the truth is it's not good enough, that I have settled for less than what my soul is asking? And this, of course, it's critical that at this point, when you ask yourself these questions, that you know the difference between the voice of your passion and the voice of your ego, the voice of your soul and the voice of your unresolved childhood desires, that it's important as you ask yourself these questions that you're speaking to a true voice, a truth court that moves within you. But you can often find these places when you go back and ask yourself, you know, where did I stop singing? Where did I stop dancing? When did I stop making music or art? When did I stop having fun? These are all places where we settled for something less than what our soul is asking for. And it's very important that whatever it is that we are doing is something that we can feel truly wholehearted in our expression of. And if we can't bring our wisdom and our love and our power and our vision to what we're doing, we need to seriously question the doing of it. So it's important because in spite of our good intentions as a good human being, 
and that we do our meditations and we do our prayers and we do our daily practice and we try our best to go through the world in the best way that we know how. In spite of all of this, if we have not been true to ourselves, then even our sweetest, dearest devotion will become ambition. And even our our true focus on the precision of living life in a good way becomes aggression. And our true expression of excellence becomes arrogance. That whenever we become attached to a role and we become overly identified with the role and are afraid to allow our passions to guide us into the unknown, on the adventure of the expression of our soul's purpose, just that over-identification with the role in and of itself will also breed arrogance. And that we, we must understand that our life is constantly unfolding. And to, to have the skills to engage with that process of life. So this is another reason, I think, that we mistake our, sort of our time, energy, and resources in terms of the pursuit of our soul's purpose. That many of the things offered us are great skills to have for the journey, but they're not the process. They're just a skill, a skill for clearing past trauma, a skill for opening to your intuition, a skill for you know, developing your psychic powers or um, clearing old programming. These are all excellent skills. They're all necessary for the process of living your soul's purpose, but not any one of them is adequate in and of itself because it's just a skill for being human and being human in a good way. So that's the other thing that I see, I think, um, at the root of all of the frustration around soul's purpose is that most people simply want to be told what it is so they can go do it. Instead of realizing that everyone I've ever met who is truly living their soul's purpose is engaged in an active, ongoing, daily process of living their soul's purpose. And that the expression of that purpose, the vehicle itself, can sometimes change. This is the main reason that indigenous cultures had naming ceremonies that were important as people moved through different phases of their life because their vehicle for expressing their soul's purpose was changing and that the change in that vehicle was acknowledged by the community. (coughs) But for most of us in our contemporary world, we'd like to just figure out what our soul's purpose is and try to live it initially. And so as we go into break... In this last section of the show, we're going to talk about my perspective after 20 years of doing shamanic work with people, kind of the minimum necessary to really gain the skills that you need to be able to live the processes necessary to live your soul's Again, one answer from a psychic is not enough. You need to know how to live in a good way. Welcome back, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. So for my money, I think it's pretty obvious, but for my money... If we're going to invest in what it takes to live our soul's purpose, I say go for shamanism. Because shamanism helps us to understand the skills we need for transformation in today's world. And that learning mental things is not enough. Learning just emotional things is not enough. Learning just physical practices is enough. And learning just spiritual, how to connect with your intuition, not enough. 
We need all of these things working together. And the beauty of shamanism is it's about a way of life that engages the whole person. And so by the very definition of it, it's going to help you to connect all of those parts. Now, for me, the four-year course of training that I do is I see it as a gateway to yourself and to the life that you've always dreamed of. We call it the cycle of transformation. And the point of it is what transformations need to happen so that you can live your soul's purpose. So the first things people ask is, oh, oh my goodness, how come it takes four years? Well, it doesn't really take four years to live your soul's purpose because you can begin living your soul's purpose at any point in time once you get a sense of what it is. But the issue is gaining all of the skills and the life processes necessary to keep that boat afloat and navigating towards your soul's purpose. There's healing that needs to happen. There's healing one-on-one healing, there's community healing, there's skills you need to learn, there's an understanding about the life processes that occur again and again in life, like ego death or rebirth, that needs to happen. There's a whole lot that needs to happen to be able to truly and reliably engage in the expression of your soul's purpose with your life. So, what happens in year one? Year one is about the body and it's about the healer. And in year one, we learn the shamanic skills for transformation, like ritual and ceremony. And we also learn about the personal skills that we can use every day. And this is the important thing. You are not going to live your soul's purpose if all you ever do is think about it at workshops. That has got to be something you can bring into your daily life. And Because let's face it, every day is where the rubber meets the road for change and transformation. And so in this first year, one of the main personal everyday things we learn is how to access the wisdom of your heart. And part of that is clearing the heart addictions that arise in your day, how to notice that and how to clear them, but also how to notice the old stories, those wounded child stories, and to clear those stories. In year two, we focus on the emotional body and the wisdom of the warrior. And... In that year, we're using all the skills from the year before, and we are engaging in a riotous good time of drawing shadow energies out of the shadow closet and transforming them into the allies that we were meant to have in our life. So if you are afraid of shadow work, or you feel the shadow work you've been doing in therapy is hard, or you can't imagine dealing with those fears and all that you have hidden away, then you are simply working with people who do not understand the shadow. Shadow work is really fun. From a shamanic perspective, it is a joyous, riotous, crazy party. Yeah, 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 we're dealing with fears, but why not? I mean, fear is only an illusion. And what we're gaining through shamanism and our own personal relationships with spirit is the ability to step into those fear-based relationships and see them for what they are. And to draw out of the shadow then our greatest gifts of ourselves. So in year three, we're working on the spirit body and the energy of the teacher, the teachings of the teacher. And in this year, we learn about divine love and the human expression of divine love, which we call true love. And for us, true love is the energy of adults being adults so that children are free to be children. In other words, this is not about romantic, um, sexual, intimate love. This is about the love that you have for yourself, the love that you have for life, and how you engage in the way you go through the day and how you understand your relationship with the world around you. And so part of this workshop is truly confronting the big lie of separation, that we are separated from within ourselves, we are separated from um, 
the physical world, the spirit world, whatever the separation is that we've been taught, this is the workshop in which we come to understand what stories keep us from living in a state of oneness and we choose to live there in oneness with all things so that we move into year four, which is the work of the mental body, and we discover its true job as the dreamer. From a shamanic perspective, the great value of the mind is its capacity to dream and to vision. And so we also work there in the realm of the visionary and look at its ability to co-create, our ability to co-create the future with the dreaming of the universe and to truly find ourselves in the fabric of all that is and to express that soul's purpose as a facet of the universe coming to know itself. And this is our, our to live our soul's purpose is nothing short of this. And so what we're really learning to do in this work is to be spiritual warriors, to be warriors for love and of love. How do we live in our lives so passionately in love with being a human, expressing our soul's purpose, and and loving all life and all of its diversity in, in our environment, in the spirit world, in all the realms, that we are inspiring the expression of the soul's purpose of everything else that we encounter. So this is our purpose in our work at Last Mass Center, which is to learn to live this life as warriors of the heart, warriors of love. And the purpose of the teachings is to bring everyone to a place where they hear the call of their heart and the soul, they know their soul's purpose, and they have the skills necessary to live it. So this, for me, is the great value of shamanism in our lives today. And it's the reason that short workshops don't get us to our soul's purpose is it's not a place. It's a process. It's a way of living our life. So I invite you all to to think about this today and to and to think about where you're spending your time, energy and money and to make take a risk for your soul's purpose. It's a gift that if you do not live it, we will never see it. And I ask each one of you to understand that your soul's purpose is absolutely critical for the universe to know itself. So take a risk for your soul's purpose. Take one choice today that allows you to move even deeper into expressing that in your life today. I want to um, invite you all to join us next week. Our guest next week will be Karen Furr. She's a former member of the Franciscan Sisters of the Poor, and she's going to discuss her path with shamanism and how she came to teaching what she calls Franciscan shamanism and how her love of Jesus Christ connects everything. And so this is a great opportunity for those of you that feel a little bit challenged with all this talk about shamanism and transformation and your own religious beliefs to listen to someone who has walked a very serious path of devotion and found a way that these things work together. Our show will be called Shamanism and a Living Relationship with Christ. But understand that you know we consider everybody's God equivalent. And so this is really a show about how do you merge the worlds of your shamanic practice and your faith, whatever that might be, if it happens to be in a religious format. So I want to thank you all for being with us here today. I thank the ancestors for holding space for us, for their dreaming that brought us all here to this planet at this time that we might share this time together. Let us remember it's a very, very small earth and to live the best we can in a good way. We give thanks to the earth below us and the sky above for holding us in this amazing creative expression of life. 
And finally, we give thanks to the heart that unites us all. May we all make a firm commitment to following our heart, to knowing our passion, and to living our soul's purpose. You can, again, subscribe for our weekly email shows and find all the old shows on either the Voice America site or iTunes. If you'd like any more information about Last Mass Center or the workshops in the cycle of transformation I talked about today, you can find everything you need at lastmasscenter.org online. Um, And if you have any questions, you can always reach me at christina at lastmasscenter.org. So please share this information freely and widely with others and help others join us. The more people that understand about shamanism, I think the happier we'll all be. Thank you all for joining me today, and I hope to you'll join us next week.